Colette Phillip is the founder and managing director of Brand By Me, specializing in helping brands that drive positive change and social impact. Colette, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Yeah, lovely to have, lovely to talk. You, you've got an amazing YouTube series, which is about the unprecedented opportunity that brands have to step up and really help people and be counted at this turbulent time that we all find ourselves in right now. How, how should brands be helping people the most as we sort of turn the corner into week five or week six of this sort of, tr- I'm losing count of, of time. Um, how should brands be uh, helping their customers navigate through these troubling times? Um, yeah, I think it's about really being clear on your role in your customers' lives and also the role that your brand could potentially play and not trying to create an artificial role where there isn't one. Mm. Um, so um, I think there's one thing, because I guess that's the thing, where you're trying to insert yourself into this or use it, where there's not a clear role for you to be in this, you know, sure. in this space, that's where you can be seen as opportunistic. Um, but otherwise, I think it's about being really clear on your purpose and and particularly the purpose and how that purpose is relevant and useful right now mm. to customers. So we've seen some really brilliant examples of brand pivots, alcohol brands producing hand sanitizer and, mm. and clean, cleansing alcohol, clothing brands doing scrubs. Now, every brand's not going to be able to do that. But for your own customers, it's also about working out what's useful, how you can add value and, and really thinking at it from a point of generosity as well. So really looking at actually, you know, what can we give as opposed to, ah, what can I tell them and, mm. and what do we want to get? Mm. It, that's the kind of mindset that, and that's the way that brands should be thinking about this right mm. now. We, um, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I interrupt you. I think the... Um, the words I've been using quite a lot in terms of driving actions is um, empathy, generosity and community. And they're kind of the three principles for me that um, really hold true for brands. I think if you lead with empathy, so really sort of trying to understand how your audiences are thinking and feeling um, and how this is impacting them and make, you know, recognizing that may be different to how it's impacting you at this time. Um, and by brands, obviously we know, I mean, brands aren't just monoliths. Brands are run and operated and driven by people. Mm. So, and I think at this time, our personal responses can maybe skew the way that we respond as brands. So I think that empathy is really important. So trying to get under the skin of what's this like for our audiences. And I think there's something around the, the kind of respecting what what the impact this is having as well so understanding it also respecting that and respecting that's going to be different to where you might be as a as a brand or individual um the second one about generosity is about yeah working out you know how we can help what can we give people at this time and and you know where can we really add value um and i think those questions as well leading with that generosity is going to be really important and then the final one is about community really trying to foster a sense of community whether that's internally whether that's between you and your customers finding ways for people to connect now i think that's quite challenging so my example i'm you know i run my own business you know and um so i've been trying to speak to hmrc this week hmm. and of course Good because luck. people yeah i know people are social distancing they've gone well um, social distancing so we've got less people on the phone and um you know here's the web chat we can use but the web chat is just not not functioning right. very well and you're like okay that that's really unhelpful sure. because what you've done is close sure. down all avenues for us connecting with you and 
another mechanism or something else we could do or an email or something that people could point to um, would be better in terms of just trying to create, you know, this sense of kind of outreach and community. And I Mm. think that, you know, rather than recognising, you know, you're not going to be able to be have the same setup. Your phone lines aren't going to be able to be as manned as they are normally. You know, you're going to have less people on the other end of that email, but just trying still to create this sense of community and and mm. and, and sort of peer support at this time mm. um and i and i still think i mean I, i've used hsmrc as an example of you know not doing that i think you know whether it's you know them equipping kind of accountants and financial advisors with information and letting them go out to the interesting network, right sort of, okay that's what i mean by community it's right. really reaching out and and allowing people in so that um, you know, you can make sure that you're there for people that need you, even if you, you're you're um, battling with diminished resources, mm. as I think, you know, so many of us are. Mm. And I think there have been some really good examples of brands that have done that actually sort of redeployed employees that uh, are maybe furloughed or maybe aren't used in a particular sort of s- sector. And then maybe they've been redeployed in for groceries or for packing and for shipping and for distribution. And I think that and we're seeing a few examples of CEOs and brands really sort of communicating to each other about, okay, which are the brands that are actually have, uh, that, that are in demand now um, and that need more support, employee support, and and borrowing that support from those brands and those businesses where they're not as busy because the, you know, the impact of the coronavirus has affected their business significantly. So definitely agree with you there. The interesting thing that that you mentioned was at the beginning of the show was really about the difference between can all brands really insert themselves at this time and sort of uh, communicate with their audience with empathy, generosity and community? Because one of the things that I keep thinking about is that I'm sure the same thing has, has been true for you. You've got a lot of emails recently from brands that maybe you didn't even remember that you purchased from communicating to you about the fact that hey we're in this with you and maybe they're a sock brand or a pencil brand that maybe you bought a pencil once uh six months ago and now they're suddenly communicating with you so the question is is there a role for every brand in this scenario are there some brands that just should stay quiet and not say anything um and are which are the brands that should be over communicating at this point yeah really interesting i think um yeah, I'm torn about that because on one hand, I'm like, yes, probably some brands should stay silent, at least until you have something to say. Mm. The other thing is that there's a real scarcity of um, information and, uh, and and actually people knowing who to trust. Mm. So I feel like if you've got a trusted group of regular customers, really, you should try and maintain a connection with them without being seen as re- irrelevant or bombarding them with useless information. Um and, and what that looks like really depends on, on kind of your role. So, um, uh, you know, it might be that that pencil brand you talked about, if you've bought from them once, they shouldn't be communicating with you. Hmm. But the suppliers that use them constantly um, sure. might be, um, you know, might be schools and they might be able to signpost people to some free resources to use those pencils with right. or something. Right. You know, it's that sort of thing. It's really working out um, your role and who really needs you at this time. And I think... Hmm. Most brands, I, I, I'm struggling to think of an example of a brand that just would be totally irrelevant at this time hmm. for somebody. But it's obviously about working out who your core audiences yeah. are and, and, most, and really connecting with them. Um, 
Uh, so um, and and I think yeah. So I, I think that's that's where that that comes down to. And I and then um, yeah, I think the other thing around it is um, you know who should we be really hearing from? Hmm. I mean anybody that you know works. So I, I think Boots are doing a great job at the moment. I'm getting okay. a weekly email because they're getting asked the pharmacist, and Boots are big and have a, a big reach. So they're doing kind of videos on commonly asked questions they get. And that's just a brilliant help because it stops people going face to face into local pharmacies unnecessarily. Um, you know, it eases the load on um, kind of the NHS helpline. There's some just some key questions that can be answered. Um, and they're doing a lot of that, which is just really good. Hmm. Um, and I think that's a very good use of communication at this time is where you can be sharing expertise or knowledge. You know, again, um, I would you know, anything is interesting because I feel like entertainment brands are definitely what people need being at home more, right. but there's an appropriate way of, of communicating and not. So um, I remember entertainment and, and I guess food brands. Um, so also entertainment brands. So the launch of Disney Plus has been, well, not the launch, the launch here of Disney Plus has been quite amazing because obviously mm. people really need that. Mm. And it's the service that people don't mind paying for. Mm-hmm. But they, they did the first week, they did a free trial for everybody mm-hmm. to get you involved in it. And that was something that everybody was had access to, which I thought was a brilliant idea brilliant. Yeah. and really allowed the brand. Great and timing. also they've got to, you know, they've got a model where you can, you can sort of buy in on a month by month basis or you can buy in for the year, and the cost between the two is not is not different. Sure. So they've not charged you loads more for the monthly one, and then you buy in for the whole year, but you're locked in. Interesting. Um, so that's a really um, mm. sort of interesting example of a brand. You know that you know people are needing. You know if you are in a position where you you need in, in, um, entertainment and you can pay for that, then then yes, there's a role for them. Um, you know here, and that's a really good example of a launch. Um, I think I've seen some really lovely um, brands producing stuff. Um, resources for kids at home and mm. and making some things available um, that weren't previously making some of their stuff free. Um, so um, on uh, Audible made loads of their audiobooks kind of free for the ones with kids, and mm. that's just a really lovely idea. It wasn't hard for them to do. It didn't lose them very much revenue anyway. These were the books. Some of them were the books that um, you know when they they've gone royalty free after this time, so they weren't paying for them. Mm. So they've just made it free for a certain amount of time. Mm. What that does, and from a business case point of view, is encourages more people to use Audible. Mm. And once we're in a position where people are in a position to start paying for things regularly, and we get back to a little more sense of normality, they've they've proven the value and the impact of what they've done so um and i mean the, the thing is those are big brands and i think big brands can really afford hmm. to do big brands should be leading with generosity big brands should be looking at what they can do and what you can give away it's very different for small businesses but when this first started it was actually the small businesses that i saw were the ones being the most generous and community-minded and hmm. some of the big we're just holding back hmm. and trying to sell so and i'm now seeing I mean, even when you look on kind of tv advertising you're just starting to see brands come out with sort of, oh, we're all in this together. Sure. And I'm like, at this point, you know, you know, we're talking, yeah, week five. I'm like, we probably need more from you now. This would have been appropriate to. Interesting. But actually, I think we need more of a stronger call to action for you. You know, your strong kind of brand messages. We're here kind of vague. I feel like we've moved beyond that now. Right. Okay. We- specific in our actions so so where are we now then how would you characterize sort of where we are i mean we say week five week six we don't really know <laughs> what week we're in really but you know we're sort of past that initial shock now of sort of moving to a virtual environment and just the that shock of 
what you know what what's going on. How would you characterize sort of the mood? If I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you what the mood what's the mood of the nation? What <laughs> you know what's what's the mood of the clients that you're speaking to as to kind of where we are now in week five or six of this, and how should brands be communicating at this time? Because that's a really good point that you make, actually. I think it's really interesting, actually. I I had this realization last week that I think ultimately I was seeing this visual and it was like about it was a visual about kind of applying growth mindset to this time. Mm. So it was like, you start off in fear and then you move to acceptance and then you mm. move to kind of growth mindset. Mm. I just don't think that's true. Mm. In reality, I think people can bounce back between those a bit yeah. like being bounced by the buffers of a pinball machine. <laughs> and really, and you can just find yourself way back into that fear place <laughs> when you think you're over it. And I right. certainly have experienced that. I should myself. be acceptance so, now, but I'm, yeah, I'm at fear again. Now, and it's, not, it's just not this yeah. linear process because ultimately and and the word everyone's using it is unprecedented which means that at any given point you can be knocked back to how you were reacting in week one and it might be week seven you know whatever it is and i think that's what brands need to be aware of is that people are going to be at different places so yes there's a time for your reassurance we're in it together messaging yes there's a place for your specific kind of calls to action and yes you know your specific here's how we can help and yes here's some things if you are looking to build and grow here's some things you can do mm. and i think it's the role of brands to think quite complex um you know quite about your your messaging so that you're able to speak to people at any one of those stages mm. and that's incredibly hard to do but that's where sort of focusing on connection and rather than broadcast focusing on connection and um channels where you're able to have kind of interaction and really demonstrate who you are are going to be really key and where you're able to show those nuances so um you know i've really i've changed our e-newsletter for example we used to send a monthly brand action once a month um and now um i send out weekly emails which are um a mix of an insight normally from the youtube an insight that i've seen around brands um a an insight um something useful for people and then a bit of a reassurance and then just some some like maybe some cool stuff inspiring stuff a couple of things that i'm just pointing people to so it means that at every given point i'm not going i'm not one of those people that subscribes to the we've all got loads of time now so mm. we should be doing you're writing our book of course brilliant if you can go ahead and write your book and you feel like you've got that time but honestly it is so it is a tough time, no matter what you're facing, no matter who you are, if your business is busy, if you're furloughed, if you've got kids, if you haven't got kids, mm. if you're if you you you're you're at home with your family, if you're not at home with your family, you know, it is difficult and tough for everyone. So mm. having a make making sure that you're able to just speak from a place where you're like, okay, here I can reassure you about this. Here's maybe something I can signpost you to. And if you're ready, here's some stuff that we're thinking about. That's kind of the way okay. I'd be doing it. It's quite a sophisticated kind of person-to-person -person relationship building mm. conversation rather than the big broadcast. Mm. Um, and, I, and I think I'm seeing that in some of the supermarket messaging as well that they're putting out there. It's like, here's what we're doing, you know, more reassurance for you that we're doing everything we can. And here's some nice stuff you might yeah. be interested in at this time. Yeah. And I, I think that's quite, that that is, that for me feels like a very sensible approach rather than assuming people are in the, hyper productivity place mm. or people are or assuming people are still in that first shock and fear place that's interesting um, and I, I, that's that's kind of yeah how i, I see yeah. it yeah 
the supermarkets i think deserve like special <laughs> a special recommendation because they have really stepped up to the plate more than any other i mean obviously they have a need to do that because they're literally feeding the nation right now but i think the way that they've communicated by having hours for different types of uh, employees, the NHS, nurses, etc., vulnerable people. I think they've done a fantastic job both operationally and from a communication standpoint, and they probably need to be singled out. But it's it's a it's a good point that you make around. I think a lot of brands have fear of actually making the wrong mistake and communicating insensitively or being viewed as opportunistic or uh, sort of being tone deaf. And I think to a certain extent. Going back to your example around HMRC, the, there is a mood, uh, I'm interested to get your thoughts on this, there is a, a mood from the general public to sort of say, okay, we understand it's unprecedented situation that we're in. Is there a little bit of leeway that we can give to these brands because we know that they're inundated? At the same time, I think a lot of brands have a fear of inaction or are enacting because they don't want to make the wrong mistake. There is a fear around putting out some communication and getting it wrong. What, what sort of advice do you have for brands around dealing with that fear? Yeah, I think it comes down to, I mean, I, yeah, I, I hear it and I, and I appreciate it. And I think it's a very difficult time. And I think we do, I think one of the things we, we all have to have a bit of kindness and compassion and thinking, okay, people are going to get it wrong. Where it comes down to me is if you at least start with kind of empathy and generosity, it might not be quite right, but it's not going to be way wrong and right. tone deaf. I think there is some stuff you can do around, you know, listening. And, um, yeah, I, I definitely think there's a place you can start from that's about being empathetic and try at least seeking to understand mm. rather than starting from a place of seeking to sell, worrying about shareholders mm. and, uh, um, oh, we must get something out there. And I, and I, so I, I, that's, that's my observation is I think if you can start from a place of kind of real empathy and really respecting what's going on for people now, then you will, you, then at least your intentions are right, which means you're less likely to get it wrong. If you do do something and people are a bit like that's tone deaf or whatever, then I think it's really important just to hold your hands up very quickly and say, actually, we got that wrong. Here's why. Mm. And here's what we're doing about it. So the example I give of this is Zoom. Um, so obviously, we li everyone's living life on Zoom at the Brilliant. moment, which is yeah. great. And, and for a little known platform, I mean, I've used Zoom in our business for ages because sure. we have quite a lot of global clients. So we do quite right. a lot on Zoom already. Right. We've been doing it before, so it's not new. But now everybody's using Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> the whole world. Exactly. And they've right. seen unprecedented demand in this yeah. way. Um, and therefore, um, they... Um, yeah, they've seen this unprecedented demand, and therefore um, they they realise they, they they their security wasn't quite up to scratch, mm. and it was fine when it was kind of niche products used by coaches, sure. consultants, things. Right. But actually, if the whole world's using it for very different things, and people are starting to put it out there, privacy they, concerns, yeah, privacy yeah. and and ability, to, it was it was just the security wasn't up to scratch. Mm. Um, the CEO from Zoom came out. So there was a number of horrible hacking incidents, mm. you know, where people are getting hacked and, and, and very awful things and, and, and like safety and security. The CEO came out and said, actually, 
we unprecedented time. Mm. We got this wrong. Our security should have been in place, mm. um, and we didn't. But here's what we've done. Great. And they they did an immediate like update that they just forcibly rolled out to everyone. They then told people what they'd done. They've now a week on goes just to remind you. Here's what we've done. Brilliant. And here's what you need to do again. And they've kept up that communication. Mm. And I think that's just a brilliant way of doing it. Yeah, admit that you're wrong mm. and you've got it wrong. And again, you know they. you know, that mistake is kind of understandable and people can go, God, okay, it was horrendous that these hackings have happened, but at least they're doing something about it. And I feel, you know, genuinely starting from that place of sort of empathy and and there means that even if you do, even if it's not quite right, it's not going to be woefully wrong. Mm. Um, The example I've given really tone deaf um, brands, and I I really struggled with this actually. In fact, I can give an example of one that was and one that wasn't. Okay. Um, so I spoke to um, about Disney Plus before and said, look, it's fine. If you've got something commercial that people need, it's absolutely fine to sell it at this time. And good luck to you. Um, but when in the first sort of couple of weeks, some of the home delivery food type companies, mm-hmm. like your Deliveroo's, uh, I don't know about Just Eat, I can't remember, but I saw it definitely from Deliveroo. At a time when independent businesses, or food businesses, were closing all over the place, local restaurants and stuff, just because they couldn't have capacity, your kind of message of "we're out, we're still out here serving you, and you're going to be at home. Don't worry about going out," mm. is really inappropriate. It mm. just was. On the other hand, what Uber Eats did, mm. they um, opened up and reduced fees for um, uh, independent restaurants and local ones joining the platform. Brilliant. They. Um, they um, changed their payment processes so it was much easier. You got the basically independent um, restaurants got the money from the orders much quicker. So recognizing there might be a cash flow issue, oh, okay. they, they changed Smart. their payments. Right. Yeah, right. which they did. Um, and um, and only then did they go out and say, "Look, we're here. Here's what we've done, Fantastic. and here's what we're continuing to do for you. Right. And if you're an independent right. restaurant, um, here's what we can do." Hmm. Completely different. To one very much seen as opportunistic because you know to be fair afterwards I think delivery may have done something around free meals for NHS staff behind the scenes I'm not quite sure how that was being funded and where they were asking already under the cosh independent restaurants to pay for that and give away stuff free which I feel I have a massive issue with but beside the point they shouted first we're here and then they mm. it, sort of on the back foot, did something a bit nice. Sure. Whereas Uber Eats got their house in order, really First. thought about what people needed this right. time, and Makes then sense. were able to go out and communicate. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it comes down to, um, is, mm. again, just recognising where... not be, The first thing you should think about is, great for us, we can get out there and tell people we still exist, is just not the place to come from. And not just, I mean, um, not just picking on delivery or that sector as one example. I did mm. see a number of examples around that, whereas people were first like... Oh, great, because actually people really need this without necessarily thinking about the appropriateness of time. Yeah, that makes that makes a huge amount of sense. And there is this sort of emphasis, I think, for a lot of marketing functions to take the lead on this and communicate early and quickly because that's their role, that's their job. Uh, but if the business doesn't have the infrastructure set up operationally to support that communications, that's where it falls down. And that's a great example that you that you share there between Uber Eats and and, uh, and Deliveroo. Who would have thought that we'd be praising Uber um, <laughs> at this time? For behaviour, uh, I know, for brand behaviour as well. <laughs> right. Um, 
Okay, just bringing the interview to a close. I could speak to you forever, Colette. We're going to have to get you back on the show for the for the full interview. Um, but just bringing this show to an end, I'd like to end all of these interviews with a silver linings piece. It's not all been doom and gloom. There have been many positives that have come out of this for people both personally and professionally. So what are some of your uh, personal silver linings, both from your personal life and your uh, professional life? Um, a silver lining for me on a personal level has been actually, I think time, um, not, not again, I'm not subscribing to the whole, I've got loads of extra time, so I'm going to be writing a book and stuff, but just things like, just basic, like cooking. Like, <laughs> I really love cooking, but I got super lazy about it. And right. like when you're running a business and having to, you know, balance the kind of doing the work of the business and yeah. then work on the business stuff. Deliveroo. Uber um, it's really, really challenging. I just get lazy and just do the same things. And, <laughs> right. and also, um, like, you know, the lack of availability of stuff has been a bit like a MasterChef invention challenge for me. So I've really enjoyed it. I really enjoy cooking. What are you making? What sort of uh, things have you I've made? made? So lots of things. I've been The thing I've been doing, and I'm not fully baking yet okay. I'm not there. By the way, I've it's all run out a... in the shops. You can't find flour or well, I've got any loads baking. Of flour. Oh, have you? Okay, I've we need some. I've loads of flour in the back of my cupboard that obviously because I was lazy and busy, I just never used. I'm not right. baking. Um, <laughs> but now I have been. So I've baked a pie and I've baked a, I've, I did these sweet potato flatbreads Great. and I've done just lots. And as you said, having to be inventive. So there's yeah. like, there's no yeast anywhere. So it can't be, you can't bake bread. But what <laughs> can you do? And like substituting all sorts of ingredients and just experimenting. Great. And that's been really fun. Um, and I think we're lucky enough um, that we have a garden as well. So, um, you know, being able to, it's just given me new appreciation for the space that we do have. Okay. And I feel really grateful for that. Um, uh, and, and I really, I've been amused by and really entertained, I think, in a, in a nice way, by just the way that people are using Zoom. So even um, we, uh, like, I'm, I wasn't really a church guy before this, but... Um, partly because of busyness and life and but like one of the churches not that local to me but um one that my family are connected to have started doing church on zoom okay so getting involved in that because you can and right. it's easy and convenient sure. and that's super entertaining as yeah. well yeah and then from a business um point of view i it, i have to say i'm going to be honest and go it has been difficult to see silver linings it's been mm. really hard because it's the, the thing at the moment where there's just been an immediate hold on budget. And I know that my clients and people that, you know, potential clients that I was talking to before this, um, and, you know, January, really March for our business is where it starts to pick up in terms of business development inquiries and stuff. So this has been a really tough time. But um, I think two things, uh, silver lining. One is I have really shied away from doing very much video content um, for Brand By Me and really shied away from that. And this has kickstarted me. Great. Into the YouTube <laughs> I've seen, I've seen your videos. They're great. Um, and so that really kicked me into, you know, into doing that and, and gave me an impetus for doing that. Um, I think the other thing has been just um, this sense of community and connection. And I think, you know, um, seeing things like um people employee groups for example that you know used to be mating face to face so like you know like your bme workers group and stuff mm. in large organizations one of the things that we were starting to do with those 
um, sort of groups was talk about um, the role of personal brand and personal program, personal brand programs. Mm. Now those groups have had their budgets pulled and stuff, but there's still this sense of connection and need to kind of equip people with skills. Um, and so the silver lining has been for me that people are still very open to sort of at least having conversations about, okay, what can we do? Mm. Budget's been slashed, but what can we do? Where mm. can we start? And and I think one of the silver linings for me is that if, um, you know, I did a the last um, YouTube live show that um, I did was all about, you know, what's stopping us taking action and what can we keep um, doing? And one of my key messages was just every, even the smallest of actions really count at this time. Mm. So just keep trying to do something, just keep trying to take some sort of action, it really helped. Mm. And the amount of business owners I had and, and people from large organizations were just getting in touch and going, actually, that was something we really need to hear at this time. Great. Um, has been, you know, really, you know, just just lovely. Brilliant. Go, okay, at least, you know, that's adding some sort of value at this time. Great place to end. Colette Phillip is the founder and managing director of Brand by Me. Colette, thank you for you, very much for your time. Thanks for having me. In response to the situation, we'll be putting out regular COVID nineteen podcast updates to share how world class agencies and business leaders are responding to these challenges. Topics will include finance, steps agencies should be taking and the latest on government initiatives, HR, what measures agencies should be putting in place and answering questions on SSP, business continuity planning, working remotely, how to optimize your remote working setup and platforms, managing stress and anxiety, advice on staying strong for yourself, your family and your employees, sales and marketing, how to emerge stronger post-crisis, supporting others and much, much more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.